To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If you don't mind bowing and praying with me again, I'd like to speak to you on the subject comprehending the incomprehensible. How can we do that? We need God's help. Amen? Father, we ask for your help today to hear your word and to communicate your word and to leave here with a better understanding of your incomprehensible love. In Jesus' name, Lord, we don't know why you love us, but you do. Help us to understand how you love us and to leave here with a better grasp on this awesome subject. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Reading these six verses again. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. This is Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. This is what you would call an apostolic prayer. That God would hear this prayer on the basis of his riches and not ours. According to the riches of his glory. That he would grant us, according to his riches, his glorious riches, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Whether you've experienced it or not, there is a strength that God has for us that we can receive from him when we pray, when we worship, or when we're inspired with a truth from his word. So it's my desire today that all of us leave here stronger than we came in, having been inspired by praising the Lord and worshiping him and hearing his word and maybe remembering some things that we already knew and hopefully hearing some things that are fresh on this awesome subject of the love of God that's incomprehensible. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. Can we say comprehend? That means to grasp, to get a hold of, to understand that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Fill us up. Looking at verse 17, if you have your Bible open, the phrase says that Christ, he prays through the Spirit, that he would enable us according to his riches in glory, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now we serve an invisible God. If, we, if he were visible, we wouldn't be able to see anything else. His invisibility is a blessing. For two reasons. One is he is a consuming fire that could blind our natural bodies. And Paul's looked up and saw him and couldn't see for three days. The other reason it's a blessing that God is invisible is he is omnipresent. He fills this room. This building has 
12,000, this first floor has 12,500 square feet of God in it. He fills the universe. David said, you cannot get away from him. If I go to hell, he is there. If I go to the highest height, he is there. God is everywhere. So if he suddenly became visible, we wouldn't be able to see anything else, right? So God conceals himself in a way that is a, that is a blessing to us. Now, Christ, his son, is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. That's what the Bible says. And he continues to be visible, but he isn't here in his body that was resurrected. He ascended to heaven and sent back his invisible Holy Spirit that fills the earth, leading and guiding and teaching us. All right? So for us to grow spiritually, we must learn from the Word and grow in faith. And as we grow in faith, we will respond to life's challenges based on what we believe. Whether you know it or not, what you believe determines your reactions to life's challenges. What you really believe, not what you say you believe, but what we really believe is proven when we are tested. So it's Paul's desire that the believers in this church in Ephesus, as well as for all those who would follow the Lord based on his words, that we would grow in faith, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that this dwelling of Christ wouldn't just be a reality on Sunday morning, but 24-7, 365.25 days every year that we dwell in this place of faith where Christ abides in our hearts. When we feel it and when we don't, we need to be people of faith. Amen? Paul said in Galatians 2, verse 20, the life that I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This Jesus we love, that we have faith in loves us to the point he gave himself for us. He goes on to say that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now, I believe it's important that we're rooted and grounded in what we believe, that we're rooted and grounded in truth, and that we remain teachable. But it's Paul's desire, the word here says, we need to learn to be rooted and grounded in love, in God's love, not the kind of love that we see coming out of Hollywood that's here one day and gone the next. If you're in any grocery line in the country, you can see the fickleness of the love that the world has for one another on the... uh, some of the pop magazines. We should learn, hopefully today, and for the next few weeks, that our roots will go down deep in the fact that God loves us. That God loves you. Tell someone near you, God loves you. He really does. We need, this isn't something shallow. This is something powerful. This is the whole foundation of why we're even here. For God so loved the world. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten 
Son, so that whoever would believe in Him would not have to perish, but might have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. But that the world through Him might be saved. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone slaps me around, I can handle it. But someone slaps your child around, who would agree? That's hard to handle. So delighted to have my son with us today. Man. I remember, I remember when, um, when he was in uh, early elementary school. We were at church one day, and he was running up the bleachers. We were in the church gymnasium, running up the bleachers, and he fell down and chipped his tooth. And I felt the pain of a parent that I'd never felt before. I would much rather for it to have been me. I thought I was going to die. It was just a tooth. The book of Romans says, through the ultimate sin came ultimate forgiveness. The ultimate sin, the most vile thing that ever happened, was the crucifixion of God's Son. God allowed it to happen to demonstrate His love for us. That while we were yet sinners, unworthy of His salvation, Christ came and died for us. God so loved the world. Amen. That you being rooted and grounded in love, Jude, verse 21, says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This message of the love of God is something we need to be reminded of. It's something we need to keep a hold of. There are legalistic winds of doctrine blowing out there that would mock the message of God's love as though it's some weak, mamby-pamby, milky message. It is the meat of God's Word that God so loved that He gave. And if we will receive that, it will transform our lives. The revelation of God's love will inspire us, which will create more fruit in our life than any amount of condemnation would ever do. It's God's will that we live out of inspiration rather than desperation. Amen? Exhilaration rather than perspiration. We live from the revelation that God loves you so much. He gave His best for you loves you, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5, Paul wrote, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. This leader's prayer was that this church would begin to grasp God's love. I feel like, a, I feel like the three blind men trying to describe God's love, uh, feel like the story of the three blind men trying to describe an elephant. They had never uh, encountered one before. And one described an elephant as being like a tree. Another one described an elephant as being like a broom. Uh, his bristly tail. Another one described an elephant as being like a snake. Because, because of their limitations, they could only describe so much. So hopefully today I'll be able to just describe a glimpse of how much God loves you. You being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all 
the saints. Let's say all the saints. God loves all of us. Even the saint you can't stand. He loves him just as much as he loves you. John wrote in 1 John 4, verse 7 and 8, back in the days of the Jesus movement, the hippies used to sing it like this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He who loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Any ex-hippies here? All right, I knew, I, knew every, I, knew, I knew we weren't all rednecks. Anyway. <laughs> Beloved, let us love one another. This love is for all the saints. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Did you know the context of the statement in the Bible that says God is love? We've all heard God is love. The context of it is us loving one another. God loves you so much. He gave you brothers and sisters. He did not want you to be an only child. He loves you so much. You may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. This morning, for the next few minutes, I'd like to talk about these four things. Width, depth, length, and height. And we would know the width of the love of God. To me, I, I believe that the context refers the width of His love is how far it extends to everyone. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width of His love. How wide is God's love? It's wide enough to include everybody that will let Him love them. Include everybody that will venture out in faith and believe in Him. Revelation 5 says that there will be a people who sing a new song, who come from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, will be praising the Lord. The Lord will be praised in every language. People will be there, represented from every tribe and every nation. That's a lot of people. His love is so vast. There's enough love for everybody. Now some will try to teach you that Jesus only died for the elect. For those that will believe in Him. He died for them. But everybody else, He didn't die for them. That is not true. God's love was expressed on the cross through the biggest waste of depending on how you look at it, that there ever was. God wasted His Son on those that would not receive Him. Think about it. Jesus is on the cross praying for those, saying, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. He died for the people who were killing Him. He died for Judas, who went out and killed himself. Judas' sins were paid for. You realize he washed the feet of Judas at the Last Supper and served Judas communion before he went out and betrayed him? So how dare someone say God's love is narrow and does not include the sins of the world? Okay. Now, I believe it's important. I'm not embracing the universalism. 
where you're saved whether you believe it or not. We're called to a relationship with the Lord. And the way has been paid. And He is not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to a place of repentance. That we might be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width. Everybody say everybody. And the length. What is this length? I believe... We can look at it from the context of time. Ephesians, the first chapter, if you have time to turn there, verse 3 through 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. There's a point of reference right there in measuring the length of God's love. Before the foundation of the world, He chose us in Him that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Tell somebody, be loved. If you're part of the beloved, you need to be loved. So this length of God's love began before the foundation of the world. Do you see that? You can't measure length unless you have a starting point, right? I forgot what that's called in geometry, but your, your measurement needs to start somewhere. Then chapter 2, verse 4 through 9 says, But God who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So we have a starting point and we do not have an ending point. Before the foundation of the world, God chose us to make us part of His beloved so that He could show us His kindness in the ages to come. So the length of this thing starts further than we can even imagine and continues further than we can imagine. Just goes off into the distance. Is that not awesome? How long? What's that song we sing, Shake? Lord, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by you. How long is his love for me? Oh, but I've been away from God for too long. I've been rebellious just one too many times. I'm not worthy of God's love. When you compare the length of your rebellion to the length of God's love, it is nothing. It's nothing. His love is eternal. His love is eternal. Eternity minus 10,000 years equals what? Eternity. One theologian said it like this. If the earth was a ball bearing, a steel ball bearing, a stainless steel, non-rust ball bearing, 
And if a sparrow flew by the earth once every thousand years and brushed the earth with its wing and came back a following thousand years and brushed the earth with its wing. If you take the amount of time it would take that sparrow brushing the earth with its wing every thousand years to wear the earth down to the size of a marble, eternity would still be eternity. As gross as our sins are, we cannot allow them to overshadow the light of God's love so that you can receive His forgiveness and He can break your addictions off of you. Amen. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth. How deep. How deep. I understand there's a trench in the ocean that's the deepest place on the earth's surface, even though it's below the ocean. It's, uh, it's over. I'm going to say over because I don't have the right figures. The, the trench is over 1,300 feet deep. But what does that mean? It's over 1,300 feet deep from the place below the ocean surface where the trench began. But if you measure the depth of that, that uh, trench and compare it to sea level, it is uh, a whole lot deeper than that. Who, would, who, would, who knows that's true? It's deep. And uh, there's only certain critters that can live down that deep. The pressure's so great. The peak of this roof is 24 feet from the ground. But if you compare it to sea level, it's much higher. How deep is God's love? Where should our starting point be? We get a clue from Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it wrong to, to, did not consider it robbery or his equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. How deep is his love? His love is so deep that Christ in the heaven of heavens, the third heaven, the new Jerusalem, there with the Father, came down, down, down to our level when we couldn't get up to His. We can't measure that distance. And then in arriving here, He humbled Himself by being a baby. And as a baby, He humbled Himself by being born in a barn. Not the most aromatic of places. For your young mother, not the safest of places, sterilization-wise. And he humbled himself there by having to flee for his life with his parents to Egypt. And after, Pharaoh, after Herod died, Pharaoh died, after Herod died, they went back to Israel and lived, lived in Nazareth. A few years ago, a dirt cheap trip came up to go to Israel. And, the, and, and you all paid our way. It was awesome. It was, it was like $800 for me and $500 for a vet or $600. It was dirt cheap. And we went. And loved everything we saw. 
But I tell you where I was the most impacted was the town of Nazareth. There were no shrines, no uh, places of worship set up there. It's just a one-goat Mexican town. If you've been to Mexico, just imagine a village that has one goat. That's the kind of place Nazareth is to this day. No wonder they said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? When they called him Jesus a Nazarene, that was not a compliment. And there we worshipped in a synagogue. And I was so impacted by the humility of Jesus that he would leave heaven and come to that God-forsaken place to grow up and live for um, over 20 years. I don't know how long they were in Egypt. My math is off on that area. But live up to 30 years of age in that horrible place. Day in and day out. Rain, shine, working with his hands. What humility. And then to go public and three and a half years later have his ministry cut short by people trying to kill him. Falsely accusing him. All they could do was be quiet. Receiving those accusations. And then having the Father place the guilt of the world's sins upon him. Who knows guilt can be very painful. Can you imagine guilt that is not yours being placed on you, being falsely accused? That hurts even worse, doesn't it? Imagine the sin of the world from the dawn of time, past, present, and future. He humbled himself. I'll tell you, the love of God is deep when you compare it to the place he began. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. What is the height of God's love? Luke 6.35, Jesus said, Love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, for you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. The height of God's love can be grasped if we look at it in light of our sin. He is so loving that he is kind that when the rain comes, he allows the righteous and the unrighteous to receive it. And he desires for us to love our enemies because he loves his. Now I'm talking to somebody today. How high is your sin? How big is your regret? How great is your guilt? It's never going to be as high as the love of God because he is the most high. He already has that position. How dare you assume that you have, you have done something too great for God to not bring redemption to. Almighty God, I pray for us to begin to grasp the width, the length, the depth, and the height of your love to the point that would transform our lives.
For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. His love is so wide it includes everybody. It's so long it, it includes more than time. It's so deep and it's so high that nothing is greater. That you may know and comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I believe that when we believe God loves us, it opens us up to receive from Him His blessings. I believe on a greater level because He, he respects our... He, he respects us and will not impose himself on us unless he has to. That's out of the norm. But the norm is God respects our, our faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So to receive the Lord's blessings, it's important that we receive the blessings he's already given us. His love. You know, in the natural realm, if someone... Uh, you think doesn't love you, you won't approach that person and ask them for anything. Right? Transfer it over to our relationship with God. If you do not believe that God loves you wider than anything you could imagine, deeper than anything you could ever imagine, higher than anything you could ever imagine, you don't believe that. You won't ask Him for blessings where you need it. I'm going to close the service with a time of ministry. I'm going to, in a minute, I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward. And we'll be up here lined up across the front to pray with you, to agree with you in prayer for God to meet your needs. And maybe with a fresh revelation of God's love, you will open yourself up more to Him. And you'll begin to experience His activity at a greater level than you ever have before. Let me close by saying one more thing about the love of God. There's an old hymn that says, The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair, that's Adam and Eve, bowed down with care. God gave His Son to win. His erring child He reconciled and pardoned from His sin. When hoary time, horrid times, shall pass away, and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall. When men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints' and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, 
how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forever more endure the saints and angels' song. Who's thankful for God's love? This is a river in Slovenia that last fall went dry for no reason. Nobody dammed the water upstream. It just went dry. A hole opened up and the water disappeared. They said there was a crashing noise all night long. When they woke up, the river was gone. What a tragedy. That will never happen to the river of God's love. Return to your first love. chapter ends now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by christ jesus to all generations forever and ever god is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all one superlative builds on the next one He's able to do all that we ask or think. He's able to do above all that we ask or think. He's able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Why don't you just place your hand on your heart right now. Repeat after me if you agree with this statement. From this day forward, I will seek to be grounded more deeply in God's love for me. From this day forward, I will seek to be grounded more deeply in God's love for me. Can we stand? And as you're standing, can the ministry team come and line across the front? And as they're coming forward, if you would like to receive prayer for anything on the basis of the fact that God loves you, come forward with us as we come. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus, we would love to pray with you. So we're here to pray for you about that as well. Pray for you for healing. Pray for you for provision. Pray for you for wisdom. Pray for you for reconciliation. Pray for you to be saved. We're here to minister to you. Pastor Shake.
so much for worshiping with us today. We pray that you will grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his love for you. I'm going to release you after I pronounce a blessing. May you walk in light of his love for you. May you not forget that fact. May you come to a greater understanding than you've ever had before. And may you share that love with others. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And may you be filled with the fullness of God's love. And may you come forward for prayer if you need to. God bless you. like to be water baptized, let me know.